Thank you for listening to the Cultivate Church audio podcast. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and motivated. Now here's today's message. All right, good morning, everybody. Hey, can you put your hands together and help me welcome everybody online watching by the internet, listening by podcast. Hey, if you miss anything around here, it's everywhere. Facebook, YouTube, um, on cultivatechurch.tv. You can download the church app. You can listen on any podcast, and you can find Cultivate Church around here. But I'm excited that you're here, especially if you're here for the first time. Welcome to Cultivate Church. We're honored that you're here. And I do hope that as you came in, I know Matt said it, you had a few seconds to go back and get your cakes. I hope you got one of these. And I realize that if you're new around here and you walk in, you don't really know what the etiquette is, like they're giving away cakes, but should I eat it or I save it for later? What I do. No, you eat it. Three or four or five of these, and you can do this right here all morning. That's okay. I expect to hear this all morning. And I, and I, I realized something I want to share with you. I hope you have a cake because I, I shared this at our Alabaster campus last week. I just wanted to start off today with a little spiritual survey. And I realized that these Christmas tree cakes are really telling about who we are and our relationship with Jesus. So I just want to help us today. How many of you really prefer the uh, the white Christmas tree cake? Like this is your favorite? Man, some passion over here. Some passion right here. And uh, so that's good. What about the uh, the, uh, the Christmas tree brownie? Any, any brownie fans? Come on. You can't double dip. What are you? you over a double dip. What about the chocolate one right here? Anybody chocolate? Our chocolate fans? Okay. So here's what I've learned about this. And I just want to share this with you. And again, this is a no judgment zone. We're all getting there together, right? We're all in this thing together. But if you said this was your favorite, this, you and Jesus are BFFs. All right, you and Jesus are just, you're right there together. Some of you, you know, you are our spiritual giants in this room. If you said the Christmas tree cake, you love Jesus, and I believe you pray every day, you read your Bible, you're being discipled, you're growing, you're on your way with Jesus. And then if you said the chocolate cake, we just don't need to stop and pray for you. Just a second, because we're going to pray that you meet Jesus and today's your day and all that good stuff. But I hope that you're, that you're enjoying these. So somebody, wait a minute, my, my girl right here, come on. You, you, you love some, some of that, and, and I, I just need you to... And who, who liked the, 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 the... Okay, right over here, that's good. And who, what was the poor soul that would be honest right here? Okay, yeah, pray for it. Let's stop and pray. Let's right now, let's all stretch a hand and pray. I'm just kidding. And if you're watching online, I can't throw one to you. You just should have been here, all right? Hey, grab your outline for today's message. We are in week three of our series we're calling Once Upon a Christmas. And I've enjoyed this series because uh, we're talking about the holidays. Um, obviously, we're focusing on um, who Jesus is in this season. And we do this every year where we come to this moment and we stop and reflect the greatest gift that has ever been given to us. And holidays are different for everyone. Everybody. And so throughout this series, we've just been talking really about the emotional roller coaster ride that is Christmas, that is the holidays, because we understand that it's different for everybody. Uh, for me personally, I lost family members and loved ones at this time of the year, so it's, it's difficult when you think about those who are not here. And so you have those emotions and those feelings, and then there's other things that, that come to us in the holidays that we celebrate and that we enjoy. And so we understand that this is a difficult time for people, but we also know that more than any other time of the year, people are focused on the person and the personality of Jesus. Whether they recognize that or not, they're singing songs that are on the radio, Christmas traditions that you're singing these songs and not even thinking about saying and speaking the name of Jesus. And so as we approach this season, all of this is coming from Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5 on your outline. And this is really the hope of this whole season that says, but when the right time came, and I love that statement, that when the right time came, I find in my life that I never think God is right on time. I always think he's a little late. Because it's never when I want him to show up. But as it turns out, it's always 
on time, at the right time, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent his son. It wasn't just a gift. It wasn't just something as a, as a gesture to us. No, he invested. When you send what you love the most, that is a personal investment into our life, born to a woman who is subject to the law, meaning that she was in the same confines of life that you and I are. But it says that she was a virgin and she was going to give birth to the Son of God. God does things in such a way that is only credible to him, that we cannot explain it away. And I know some of our personalities and our minds, we have a hard time grasping that thought. Like, well, that's the craziest thing. That can't be. Well, let me just tell you, God's the craziest thing that just can't be. And if you can explain him, then you got the wrong one. Because I'm telling you, the one that we serve, he can do anything because he is God. And he chose to do it in such a miraculous way that it could only point to who he is. And he did that, for verse 5, to buy our freedom who we, when we were slaves to the law, the same parameters, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. God did all of this so that he could have relationship with us. God broke the barriers of law, of physics, and of what we can understand to do something so personal for us, and that's to buy us into relationship with himself. So as Christmas is here, many of us are focusing on lots of different things. And I titled the message today, Christmas Traditions, because a lot of us have different Christmas traditions. How many of you have things that you celebrate that maybe uh, is just normal every year? You don't even think about it. And so I asked some people about their top Christmas traditions, which we'll talk about in a minute. But some honorable mentions were like uh, the movies on Christmas Day. Does anybody, you in here, we had some at 9 o'clock, a movie on Christmas, some of you. That's your holiday tradition. I never understood why movies were released on Christmas Day. I thought that sounds like the craziest thing in the world until I read the numbers and realized that they have blockbuster days on Christmas. That's tradition for so many people. What about um, gingerbread houses, cookies? Anybody you do that? Those are our patient people, okay? Those of you who can build a gingerbread house, you, you are the most patient. I need you to be the ones that pray for me because you have a lot of patience. Um, what about eating out on Christmas? Does anybody go eat out? Anybody in here eat out on Christmas? Some of you? No, you're not at all. Nine o'clock, a lot more participated. I think when I pass um, Golden Corral on Christmas morning, some there's a part of me that cries a little bit because I think, man, those lucky people. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm thinking, you got it going on. You're at the corral today. They got a breakfast buffet. It's Christmas. And I'm just going to tell you, if you eat at the corral, part of it is the show. I mean, you just, I mean, sometimes I know uh, you just look around and you think, wow, this is an interesting group of people we're dining with. And so I know on Christmas Day, it's got to be something. What about Elf on a Shelf? Any of you guys doing Elf on a Shelf, chasing an elf around? Somebody said on Instagram this week, they said, I'm the worst mom in the world. I keep forgetting about the elf. And I said, well, you're not the worst because we don't even have an elf. Okay, so no elf showed up to our house. Christmas caroling? Does anybody in here Christmas carol? Anybody? That is a lost art. Now, it's odd. I'll give you that. It's, it's awkward. You show up to somebody's house. Everybody sings off-key in somebody's front yard, freezing to death. The people are in the house because it's cold. You know, it's supposed to be at Christmas time. Maybe not here. It could be 70 that day. But you showed up. We did that when I was a kid. We showed up at people's doorsteps. We knocked on the door. They opened the door, and we all sang songs standing in their front yard. It's a lost art. But what about shopping with friends or family? Anybody, some of you do that. You got that day of year, some of your Black Friday people, you get elbows and you know you practice karate for that day of the year. You go out and get the deals. We all have these different Christmas traditions. 
They just happen. Yours are something different in your family. There are something different in mine that you just know they're going to happen. But I believe today that through some of the top Christmas traditions that we celebrate, what I want to show you is that around here when we say living life on purpose, we're people that there's purpose behind what we do, that the words we speak, the actions that we take, the places that we go, we just believe that if we do those things on purpose, God can use those to make a difference in the lives of people who are around us. And so in this season, when people are so receptive, when people are locked in their own things that are literally pointing to Jesus, we have a great opportunity through some of the things commonly done to make a difference for Jesus. And I want to share those to you today. And so what I hope is, is that we prepare ourselves through these next few weeks as we get a little closer to the holiday, that we leave this place being on point, on purpose doing some of the common things that we do, only doing it with intent to reach people for Jesus. So I want us to pray together so that God would bless the word today. Father, I love you. What a great day. Fathers, we've celebrated you here in Columbiana all day as people have celebrated in Alabaster all day. I just pray, God, that you are equipping us for great purpose to make a difference in the lives of people that are around us. God, I know today that some people are struggling in this season, and so I just pray peace for them. I pray, God, that you would be so apparent in their life, God, that even now, that it seems like you're late, but at just the right time, Father, you show up, God, and you do the things that only you can do. And I know that your word is powerful, and it changes our lives, so we give you freedom today to speak to us through your word, and I pray that we're challenged. God, the word you've prepared for us today is to challenge our lives to action. And so I pray that you do that for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So on your outline, I want to give you a couple things that were the top, um, the top traditions. And I asked some people, and these are the things that I got uh, mostly when I would ask somebody. These are the top things they would say. And when I asked the great source of Google, these things that also said the same things as well. So I want to share these with you. Things we love, the traditions at Christmas time. And number one is this, is gifts. Somebody said, yeah, I like the gifts. Write that word down. Christmas and gifts, they, they're hand in hand. You can't do Christmas and not think of gifts. It's something that is just, it's just as natural as peanut butter and jelly. I mean, you think about Christmas time and your Christmas shopping and your Christmas list and Christmas wrapping and the, the things that you got to do and the people that you have to buy for and gift giving and gift receiving. It's just a part of Christmas. And that's no different from the very beginning of when Christmas first came to be. As a matter of fact, Christmas was actually prophesied, foretold, people that God would speak to, to speak things that were to come, prophets. It was spoke to generations before Jesus was born into this world. And this is what the prophet said in Isaiah 9 and 6 on your outline. It says, for a child is born to us. Underline that statement to us. Jesus had not come yet. But this is what he was saying would happen. He's, he's going to be born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor. Underline that description, the Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. All of those are descriptives of who Jesus is. Who he would be when he was born into this world. God's characteristics has always been of generosity. Through everything we see in God from the very beginning, God was always creating to be a blessing to us. Everything God did was for us. In creation, everything he created was for our enjoyment. He sent Jesus into the world so that we could have relationship with him, knowing that it would cost him something, knowing that it would be painful, but it was for us that his son was given 
so that we could have relationship with him. And at Christmas time, we're celebrating this. Listen, some of you have practiced the art of the gift face. I think we've talked about this month. You know, when you get that gift and you go, wow, you shouldn't have. You know what I mean? Like you can really speak things in truth and be, still be nice, but you can say, wow, I never would have dreamed of buying that for myself. You know what I'm saying? Like you can use those things as you get these gifts. Uh, I've been in the process. My parents, luckily, they had one of the first video cameras back in the day. You remember the one, the v big VHS tape, put in there and close the side and prop it up on your shoulder? And so I have been transferring VHS tapes to digital and then uploading those online for my mom. And so I've been going through watching these tapes, and we have a lot of stuff of Christmas. And there's one particular Christmas when I was about five years old. My brother is seven years older than me, so he's about 13, and we had each gotten a basketball for Christmas. And it just so happened that on video, we both opened up our basketball at the same time. And when I unwrapped the basketball, my face lit up. I said, wow, a basketball. I said, thank you. And I was so excited about it. My brother opens up the same basketball with a look of confusion and disgust and hatred. He's just got one of those. He has no poker face. And he looks directly at my mom who is holding the camera. So when you watch it, it's like he's looking directly at the camera and he goes, is this for me? And you can hear my mom say, yeah, that's for you. And he goes, is this a mistake? I mean, like he is so disappointed in this basketball. Now, what I have to tell you is I can understand it because as a five-year-old, the basketball was about the size of my head. So it made sense. It was proportionate to a five-year-old. However, they bought a 13-year-old a basketball that would go to a five-year-old. So he opens up this little basketball, and all I can picture is him thinking having to go out and shoot hoops with his buddies. Like they got the full, you know, deal, and he's out there with this, and so it wasn't going to work. It was complete disappointment. Many of us are dealing with that in this season of life. Some of us have opened up some of the gifts that life has given us, and it is a complete disappointment. We have unwrapped this thing, and we were anticipating one thing, and we saw the gift that life has brought, and we said, this has to be for somebody else, because I am a good person. I go to work. I pay my bills. I do the things I'm supposed to do. I'm working hard. So why do I receive this? So the important thing to understand is that this time of year, there are so many people that are navigating this season feeling just like that. And gifts are a part of something that we have to give. Santa Claus is the mascot of Christmas. And I hope Santa's coming to your house. I hope he's coming down your chimney. He's coming to mine. I'm just going to tell you, I've prepared room. I cleaned my chimney so Santa wouldn't get dirty coming down. But the truth is, Santa is literally a, 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 a seasonal, literal mascot, a sign of generosity passed down for generations. Literally, St. Nicholas was a generous man who loved Jesus. And because of the generosity of Jesus and the man living it out on purpose, is now passed down generation to generation, literally as Santa will become the mascot of giving gifts this year. My three-year-old is already, he's getting in the groove of Santa. Uh, every year that we've taken him to see Santa since he was born, he cried and he's seen the pictures. And he told me the other day, he's kind of having this coming of like independence and he's getting over his shyness. And I had somebody tell me this morning, they said, your kid talked to me for the first time ever today. And I said, he's just coming into himself. And he said, dad, he said, I cried when I saw Santa last year, didn't I? I said, yeah, buddy, you did. He said, I'm not going to cry this year. I'm going to go see Santa, and I'm not going to cry at all. He's understanding, I think, who Santa is, and he better get the tears back if he wants Santa to come see him. I think he's figuring it out. 
The sign of generosity of this gift that's been given to us, I believe that we have something to give away to the people who are around us. The people that are struggling, the people that are, have, have received these life gifts. And I'll be honest with you, we may be in here going, hey, I'm one of those. I'm struggling right now with the gift that I've been given in this life, and I don't know what to do with this. Well, you remember that at just the right time, God sent his son for us. And he sent it to do a miracle in our life. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And so understanding the fact that we have been given the greatest gift that has ever been given, and that that has been given to me with great responsibility and opportunity that I am able to gift that and give that away. You ever heard of re-gifting? You get something to go, well, we're going to hold on to that. We'll re-gift that one. Jesus is the best re-gift that you could ever give away, understanding that people are anticipating a gift this season. And as people living life on purpose, knowing what we know, we have the greatest gift that we could ever give away. And then number two, one of the greatest and top Christmas traditions is decorations. I think Pastor Brandon told you last week, he is the biggest Scrooge when it comes to decorations. He doesn't do decorations. I love decorations at our house, and, and I welcome them. You know, And I'll just be honest with you, uh, my wife does all of it. My wife does the tree, and she does the lights, and uh, you know we're still working on getting there where we do the outside portion. She hasn't you know, jumped on that, but she talks to me about it every year, and we're going to get there. We're still praying about it and asking Jesus, should we do that? But decorations, one of my favorite, one of my favorite things. I mean, a, a decoration is, is like it's a sign that the season is here. It literally shifts the whole mood. It shifts the whole atmosphere. It changes everything. I love when the city starts putting the, the lights on the light poles and you start seeing that Christmas is coming together and then you hear the Christmas music on the radio when it starts in July. You know what I'm talking about? As we, we get a little early and early, but there's something about all of these components that just make the season feel like the season. It's not just another day. It's Christmas and it's all of the things that go around it to change the whole atmosphere. And do you know that that literally happened from the very beginning at the birth of Jesus? In Numbers 24, 17, another prophecy, it said, what I saw in my vision hasn't happened yet, but someday a king of Israel will appear like a what? Like a star. Underline that word star. Why is he going to appear like a star? Because it's going to be different. Because it's going to set the tone. It's going to change the atmosphere. It's going to light up the darkness. Our decorations are just a part of what people anticipate at Christmas time. And what if my life was lived like an ornament on a tree? What if my life was such a decoration in the middle of this season that it shone different than everything else around it, that people were attracted to what you see. I love a Christmas tree. Uh, Christmas trees are tradition that go back centuries. And, uh, you know, we are kind of just creatures of habit and tradition. We don't know why we do what we do. Some of you go out in the woods and you cut down Christmas trees and you bring them in. You're like the Griswolds. You just carry in random Christmas trees and you're putting lights on the tree. You don't even know why. I love the movie Christmas Vacation. My wife and I, we celebrated 11 years of marriage last week, and we did that uh, going out of town a few days, and what did we do? We went to the movies, and no, we didn't see uh, Mr. Rogers. We saw Christmas Vacation for like the fifth time this year. We paid money to see a movie we've already seen like four times, and if you don't love it, we can't be friends, okay? And I love the part of the movie after he's done the Christmas lights, and he put everything up, and he's having that sappy moment with his dad, 
and they're crying, and he says, Dad, everything I learned about exterior illumination, I learned from you. It's this whole thought of him going to the extra effort to do all of this to create this environment for Christmas. And they say that Christmas trees probably started in Germany. It's where this tradition came from, and there's so many different origin stories of the Christmas tree. But one thing is kind of common across all of them is that the Christmas tree literally is a sign of life in the midst of death. That that evergreen is healthy, and it's green, and it's alive. And where everything else has either gone dormant or has died away, that evergreen stands as a sign of life. And so over the years, it has been adopted that that Christmas tree is a sign of life in the middle of the darkness, in the middle of death. And Jesus came as a sign of life in the middle of everything that was bad. And just as those decorations are put out, and just as they represent a season of Christmas, our lives are lived in such a way that it is a representation of something that is different. What if my life was lived like that ornament on a tree that was so different in the Christmas season? And so I'm encouraging you that as you go into those places, as you go into those family atmospheres and those family gatherings, come on, this is the time of year where we leave our families to go hang out with our relatives, right? Come on, we leave our favorite people to go live with the people that they say we're related to. And you sit around that table and you go, one of these things is not like the other. I don't know how I got here. I don't know how I'm attached to these people, but here we are. Let your life shine in such a way that you decorate that room. When you go into that office, when you're on that job site, when you're with those people, let your life shine like a decoration. Let it be as an ornament on a tree that is pointing to something that is alive, something that is great, and something that has the potential and the power and the possibility to change everything. So we do gifts and we have decorations. And then the third tradition is cards. Christmas cards. How many of you send Christmas cards? Anybody here, you big Christmas card people? How many of you say every year, this is the year, I'm going to send Christmas cards, and you never do? That's probably most of us. How many of you actually go to the trouble of writing the Christmas cards, and then you never send them? Does anybody do that? Really? I thought my wife was the only one. Sweetheart, look around. You're not alone. Listen, some of you have the most heartfelt Christmas cards that are sitting in our home in a box from seasons past that have never been sent. So I just want to tell you, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. We love you, okay? And so the other day, we get a box at the house, and I see that my wife has ordered Christmas cards again. And I said, sweetheart, that's, that's, a, that's a really great gesture. And she said, what are you talking about? And she looked at me in a look that said some things without words that I still feel as though she should pray about because it was pretty ugly. And she said, I have you know. She said that I have already put addresses on the envelopes, and she set up last night or Friday night writing cards, and she actually sent me to the post office yesterday to buy the stamp. So look out, people. Christmas cards may be on the way, okay? But Christmas cards, they go back generations. The, the first Christmas card ever sent, if you could find it today, is worth a lot of money. And it was actually controversial because it shows adults serving wine to children. Okay? You think it's crazy today? I don't know. I can't, you know, I can't police that. But Christmas cards are one of these things that we take, we personalize, and we send a message that nobody else can send. Usually it's your family and it's your kids or your dogs or you know whatever we send to people on that Christmas card. And you write some little note and you address it to specific people. 
And it's delivered by hand or it's delivered by mail to a specific place with something specific to say. And our lives have something specific to say. And even in the beginning, Luke 2.15, when Jesus came to this world, it said when the angels returned to heaven, they'd been with the shepherds. It said the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. In other words, they had received a message from heaven about the very Son of God. They had been given something, some information that other people were unaware of. And the very first response is, we've got to go check this out and let people know what we've been told. And how many of us sit in this place, sit in the, in the walls of our church, and we receive it and we experience it? And we, we know the presence of God, and we know the power of God, and we watch the miracles of God happen around us. But yet we go out into the world where people need to know, and they need that card delivered with that message that says there's hope for you, but we never share it. How many of us write it on our hearts, but yet we stick it in the envelope and it never leaves? How many of us know people that we need to send it to that would love to have a message, would love to know what's been happening in my life, would love to get a greeting from me, but yet I just sit on it. I go, well, I'll do that one day. Or I meant to get around to that. I meant to share it. I actually went to the trouble to buy the cards, and they just never made it. And so I believe that we have one of the greatest opportunities, sharing the greatest message that has been personally written on my heart. This is not something I heard. I don't have to leave out of here and go, well, listen to what happened for somebody else. Listen to what I heard about Jesus. Listen to what they're telling me. Listen to what the story says. I can literally go to somebody who's yet to receive the message, and I can say, let me share with you what Christ has written in my heart. I know you're discouraged right now. I know you're going through a bad time. Look, I realize it doesn't make sense. I realize it's not fair. I realize you don't deserve this. And I realize it looks bleak. And I realize it didn't turn out the way you thought it would turn out. But let me tell you the hope and the good news, the, the Prince of Peace, the wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, Emmanuel who is with us, let me share the difference he's made in my life. And no, you'll notice that my life's not perfect. And you'll notice that I don't have it all together. And you may notice that everything in my life is not exactly the way I would want it to be. And I've had to endure some things that I wish I didn't have to endure. But through all of that, let me share with you the peace that passes all understanding that has guarded my heart and has guarded my mind. And exactly what God has done for me, God can do that for you. And think about the power, think about the life change that that would bring to others if only I would send that card of my life and share it with the lives of others. There's power in it. And then the last tradition that I'll share with you is relationships. Some of these are, are, are welcomed and some of these are with hesitation, but we all have them. Relationships. We were designed for them. It's one of the greatest gifts that God ever gave to us. That's why I believe they're so difficult. That's why I believe there's so much pain involved in relationships. Because God gave it to us from the beginning, 
He wanted us to be involved in relationships, and the enemy wants to isolate us and put us in the darkness. The very light that Christ came to bring, the enemy wants to remove. And the relationships of our lives are the closest and most intimate thing that we have. And I love the hope that we can have through the birth of Jesus. And again, just a few verses in the conversation that we were talking about with the shepherds in Luke 2, 8 through 10 says, there were shepherds and they were living in the fields and they were keeping watch over their flocks at night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. That's the shepherds. They were afraid. Why? Because there's angels talking to them. You would be too. But verse 10, the angel said, do not be afraid. And this is what changes everything. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for who? For all the people. Of all the places that heaven could send the angels to bring the announcement of the birth of Jesus, why are they out in the middle of nowhere with shepherd and stinky sheep? It was tradition that the shepherds were at the bottom of the importance pole. Like you wouldn't show up to get grand gestures with the shepherds. You wouldn't show up to gain influence with the shepherds. They were out there doing what was considered a menial job that anyone could do. Put them out there, let the bears eat them. If they get them, then we'll send somebody else to watch the sheep. But the angels went specifically for two reasons. Number one, to illustrate by example that where maybe no one else sees value in you, God sent us down here straight to you to let you be the announcement of the birth of his son. And not only am I coming to you, but I want you to go say that it is for all people. Who is all people? All people. But what do we do? Well, and I get what you're saying, but, but let's be, you know, but he's not talking, you know, my family, they're they're pretty jacked up, okay? You know, I don't, you know we, uh, we probably couldn't even get on the Jerry Springer show. We're probably too crazy for them, okay? So that's probably not for my family. Or you don't know the addictions that are running through, through my, group of, my group of people and, and how we struggle with stuff. And so it's probably not for them. Or you know what? Uh, you know, my, my uncle, he's a pretty big liar. You know, you can't, under, you can't believe a word he's saying, so probably not for him. And, and uh, you know, Aunt Susie, she gets in the bottle a little bit, you know, so probably not for her. You know, it's just our Christmas, right? But I've never read in Scripture where it said, Jesus is for all people except for these, these, and these. I think that the overall heart of God was that for God so loved the world that he gave his son so that nobody would miss out. The greatest gift we have ever been given is the gift of relationship. It's the gift of relationship with Jesus and that because of Jesus, we have a relationship with God the Father. And church, you and I understand the greater implications of these very traditions that the world around us is going to celebrate this season. And I believe if we would embrace these with life on purpose and we would mobilize ourselves in every avenue of our life, people are going to look and go, what is different? And the number one answer is simply Jesus. That's the change for all of our lives. He is the hope of the world. So here's what I want to do today. I want to pray for us. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and 
If you're our guest today, nothing funny or weird is going to happen. Nobody's coming to get you, make you stand. I just want to pray for you. If you're watching online or listening, please don't let any distraction get you. Let this be a moment between you and the Lord. And there's two things on my heart today. And the number one thing is this. You may be in here or watching or listening and going, but I've not even made a step toward Jesus. I've not even said yes to a relationship with him. I've heard the story of the birth of Christ all my life. And I've experienced Easter and and the death and the resurrection. I know the stuff. But maybe it's just not personal. And I just want to ask you a simple question today. Why not? What could it hurt? I'm not saying you have to have it all figured out. I'm not saying you have to be 100% certain about everything that you've heard or everything that's in this Bible. I'm just saying you have to open the door for possibility. And so maybe today you might have room in your life to say yes to Jesus. And I want to pray for you and lead you in an opportunity to say yes to the Lord and to give him freedom to begin working in your life. To say, I will put you in a place of importance and submit my life to you and give you an opportunity to do whatever you want to do. And then I want to pray for all of us in here who are following Jesus and loving him and are living life on purpose. I want to pray. The Bible says don't be hearers of the word and not doers. It's both. The intention is to hear it, to receive it, and to live it. And so my prayer for us today is that we live it in the middle of this great opportunity to give Jesus to the world around us. So Father, right now, I'm so grateful for Jesus, the greatest gift. Thank you for sending him into this world for us. Thank you, Jesus, for being willing to live your life and sacrifice it, lay it down for our relationship with you. And so today, we just ask for forgiveness of our sin. We understand all of us mess it up. We get it wrong. We're not perfect. But we shift the focus from doing it ourselves to living our life for you. And so today, Jesus, we give you room in our heart and we put you in the driver's seat. We place you number one. We put our hope, our faith, and our trust solely in you, giving you freedom to do anything you desire to do in our lives. And Father, I pray for this church. God, I pray for all of us who call Cultivate Church home. God, all over this county. God, I pray for all of our campuses. I pray for all of us watching by the internet right now, God, that this would be a group of people that would be so bought out into life on purpose that it would be impossible for people not to see the great hope of the world. Jesus living in us through the gifts that we bring, the decorations that we are, the cards that we write, and the relationships that we have. May they all be a reflection of you. Jesus, we give you our lives fresh today to live it on purpose and to make a difference in this season. Thank you for choosing us, for loving us, and for using us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Let's put our hands together. Come on, let's honor the Lord. He deserves it.